Ready or not, we're going to begin. And I'd like to welcome you all here this evening to Christmas 1990 at Northland Community Church. As I was um, lighting the candles tonight, I was kind of called back to altar boy days. And as I was thinking about those days, I remember how going to church was a real intrusion for me in amidst all of the Christmas fun. And yet, as I look on this group tonight, I see a whole different attitude. I see a whole two rooms full of people that are just really glad to be here tonight. And I'm glad to be here. Let's open with some prayer. Father, we thank you so much for what you have done for us. And we come here tonight in recognition of your greatest gift, of your only Son, who came for us, that we might know you and that we might live. We ask that tonight we can be with you and that you can be in our hearts. And I pray tonight, Lord, that every soul in here will get at least a taste of the joy that there is in knowing you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand with me as we begin our service? Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give you heed to what we say. News, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Ox and lamb before him bow, and he is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born. Aren't those great words? Don't you just love the words of this song? You know, we had this problem last Christmas Eve. And so I think the technician is doing one last minute check of all the words here before we go. I think, uh, there it is. It's a great one. Let's sing that verse again. All right, here we go. Good Christian men rejoice with heart and soul and voice. Give ye heed to what we say. News, news, Jesus Christ is born today. Ox and lamb before him bow. He is in the manger now. Christ is born today. Christ is born today. Good Christian men rejoice with heart. And voice, now you need not fear the grave. Peace, peace, Jesus Christ was born to save. Calls you one and calls you all to gain his everlasting all. Christ was born to save. Christ was born to save. Oh,
seated. Sarah Lane will come and read scripture for us. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Stop. 
Jesus boy born in a manger sweet little holy child we didn't know who you were said you'd come to save the world save us from our sins we once was lost <clears throat> but now we're found we didn't know who you was sweet little jesus boy born in a We didn't know who you was. We didn't know who you was. shepherds living and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night and the angel and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news for great joy that will be for all pe the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you, for you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to the Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Would you stand with us? Angels we have heard on high.
be seated. Skip Brown is going to come and introduce a fourth and fifth grade production. Boy, I think I saw this many people at my last birthday party. Wow. <laughs> No, we're here to celebrate a more important birthday, and that's the birthday of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, in order to do that, the fourth and fifth graders here at Northland, a few of them, have gotten together and have been practicing for the last few Sundays, doing a very special gift that we're going to give to you tonight. And that is a gift of a skit that we've been working on. And uh, the, the whole point of the skit, well, I'm not going to really tell you, but let me just say this by uh, a matter of explaining what's happening in the first part. Imagine, if you will, the terrible, horrible, disastrous scene behind stage before a program begins. Imagine the kids running around, no one really knowing what, well, let me tell you, it was like this a few minutes ago. But you're going to get to see firsthand what it looks like behind the stage before a show begins. And the kids are going to perform that for you and, and give you an insight as to what they do, what they think, what they're talking about. And then after that, there's a special presentation, a traditional Christmas time uh, procession, if you want to call it that. So if you could bear with us for just about five seconds, we'll get the stage set up for it. Some things to stay on if you mess with them like that. I don't even want to wear them. I know, they're so dorky, aren't they? You got that right. I don't even know why I'm an angel again. I have to be one every year and it's getting boring. For real, you think they could do an activities at least once without angels? Uh-oh, here comes your little sister, Becky. Great, that's all I need. Kelly, have you seen my costume? They never seem to put it in the right place after rehearsal. Becky, you're supposed to put it away after rehearsal. Yeah, right. Let the true stars of the show do the work. I wasn't hired for that. I think I saw it in the second grade classroom. I have to walk all the way there. Man, this is the worst production I've ever been in. She's such a nerd. I can't believe they're letting her do wear that costume. True. It doesn't quite fit her personality. Speaking of costumes, I think I'll mom. I think I'll let my mom fix these stupid wings. I'll see you later, okay? Okay, later. Mom, mom, can you fix these stupid wings? They won't stay straight. That's what us mothers are for, getting little angels to keep their wings on. Of course, you're not so little as you used to be. Are I you? I should hope not. I'm almost twelve now. 
My, but you're getting so big. By next year, you won't even be able to fit in this costume. I don't care. I don't even want to be in the Christmas pageant next year. Every year for the past three years, I've had to be a stupid angel. Kelly, angels aren't stupid. And besides, you do it so well. I'm very proud of you and your angel card. That's what Miss Brickmeyer says, too. But I want to do something more important. I'm so bored of doing the same thing every year. You have to stand there with that silly-looking grin on your face, singing those dumb songs to the shepherds. Is that all it means to you? What do you really know about angels? Well, they are these weird people. Maybe not exactly people. But anyway, they wear these white robes and have wings and halos. You know, all that stuff in the pictures. And they play these harps. You know, all that holy stuff. Gag me. You wonder why I'm so bored of playing with I don't know where you can tell that from, but it's obvious you don't know how important they really are. Important? Everyone knows they could have done the whole Christmas pageant without angels. God didn't think so. He thought that the birth of his only begotten son, the one who'd be our savior, deserved a course of angels. And that's why he let them proclaim Jesus' birth. So they sang a bunch of Christmas carols to dirty shepherds? Why not? Who would have better understood that Jesus the shepherd of a special flock would lay down his life for a sheep, and by proclaiming the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, they were really praising the marvelous works of God. So you mean angels weren't just singing a bunch of Christmas carols to shepherds? They were helping deliver a special message from God? Yes. And one day, all those who have believed in Jesus will lift up their voices all together in a chorus that the world may never hear again. Each believer will have a chance to join the angels and proclaim the day when Jesus comes back to rule the earth again. What a glorious, wonderful day that will be. Wow! I never thought of it like that. In a sense, the angels were just rehearsing the day that Jesus was born. And to think that one day I will be joining a real angel chorus proclaiming Jesus as my king. I am glad I've accepted Jesus as my savior. Just remember, you can proclaim Jesus as your king even now. Everything you say and do speaks as loud as an angel chorus to those who have never believed. Mom, I can't get my tail fixed. Here we go again. You may not get to help anyone else, Mom. Hey, this is important. What would I look like without a tail? Besides, your costume looks dumb. My costume isn't dumb. In fact, let me tell you a story. In the first light of a new day, no one knew he had arrived. Things continue as they had been, while a newborn softly cried. But the heavens 
Wrapped in wonder Knew the meaning of his birth In the weakness of a baby They knew God had His mother held him closely, it was hard to understand that her baby, not yet speaking, was the word of God to man. He would tell them of his kingdom, but their hearts would not believe, they would hate Let's do something a little bit out of order. Claire Rainwater, where are you? Claire, come on and let's read your scripture right now because I'm going to preach from that scripture, okay? Could you, could you read it from this microphone right here? Um, hi, I'm Claire, and I'm going to be reading Luke 2.15 through Luke 2.20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, 
Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told him about this child. And all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them into her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I want you to think with me tonight, just for a moment, about the phrase, Mary treasured all of these things and pondered them in her heart. What must Mary have been thinking about having the responsibility of the God of the universe resting in her arms? Do you remember, adults, when you were about this age and you looked forward to getting responsibilities because it proved that you were growing up? Sometimes when you were little, you wanted to help wash the dishes because that's what adults did. And there were times uh, when you wanted to mow the lawn. You couldn't wait for the first time you got to mow the lawn by yourself because that proved then that you were a man. You could push that mower by yourself. Meanwhile, your parents stood at the windows biting their fingernails, didn't they? Do you remember as a teenager wanting so badly to get a license and wanting any excuse at all to drive the car. Can I run to the store for you? Do you need any errands run? Do you remember as a young man or a young lady wanting to have your own house? You would be glad to do the housework. You would be glad to do the cooking and the cleaning. You reveled in the thought. And you men, you would, you would fix it up, see? And you would hammer and you would nail and you would, you would improve it. And you remember wanting the responsibility of little children and how they would be the best little kids in the world. Remember that? And you'd dress them up and they would be so cute and they would stay so clean and they would be so good. There came a time after you got those responsibilities that they lost some of their sparkle. What happened two months after you got to do dishes all by yourself? What happened six months after you were able to mow your first lawn? Did you hear the words, uh, the lawn needs mowing again? Did you hear those words? What happened a year after you got your license and your mom said, honey, would you run to the store for me? Would you run your little brother here? Would you run your little sister there? What happened? What feelings came in? What happened after you had your first house and you fixed the 99th thing that went wrong and the 100th thing went wrong? What did you feel? Did you feel grown up? Did you feel wonderful? What happened? after you had dressed your kid for the fifth time that day and he loaded a diaper with such force. <laughs> Didn't you feel wonderful? <laughs> Was there a time 
Was there a time when the responsibilities that you had always wanted, that you had always dreamed of, became a burden? Was there a time when the thought crossed your mind, this is too much for me, I can't do this? You know what? When you become a Christian, at first everything is wonderful. You realize that God is the ruler of the universe and he lives in your heart and it's wonderful and you can't wait to please him. But about the, the one dozen or two dozen or three dozen times that you need to do what God wants instead of what you want, it begins to be a burden and you begin to neglect it and you begin to wonder if you can even take it. What keeps a responsibility from being a burden? Well, I can't help but think when Mary had little baby Jesus on her stomach that day, she was thinking of a tremendous responsibility and I wonder if she was unhappy or happy about it. One of the things that makes a responsibility an act of devotion instead of a burden is the need of that responsibility. You know what? It boggles my mind. It boggles my mind that the God of the universe sometimes needs us. He is weak enough to need what we have, intentionally weak enough to need what we have. When I was a little boy, about your age, I was out playing with my buddies, going through some bushes, and we found a rabbit's nest. Little baby rabbits didn't even have their eyes open yet, just had fuzz instead of fur. And you know what little boys do with little rabbits when they find them? Same thing little girls do. They pick them up and they go like this. They just, they just fuzz their face. They feel so good. And then we put them down because we didn't want to break them or anything. And I remember running home and saying, Mom, this is the greatest thing in the whole world. We found a rabbit's nest. And the first thing my mom said to me was, Well, Joey, you didn't pick them up, did you? Well, now, she'd been my mom for a long time. She knew better than that. I said, Sure, I did. We all picked them up and we rubbed them all over our face. And she said, well, honey, if the mama rabbit comes back and smells people on those baby rabbits, she'll get scared and she won't take care of them anymore. And I said, well, what are we going to do? They're all going to die. And my mom looked at me and said, those baby rabbits are your responsibility now. You've got to see that they grow up. Well, these were little baby rabbits. I couldn't even feed them lettuce or anything. They didn't have any teeth or anything. So I called up my grandpa. He was a veterinarian. I said, Pop, we got a bunch of baby rabbits here and I don't know what to do with them. So he came down and he mixed a formula and he put it in a little bitty baby bottle. And I went out and I fed those rabbits, every one of them. And then I fed them again and then I fed and the day after day after day and all of my buddies went off to play baseball. And there I was with those little rabbits. But you know what? It never got old. Because I knew those rabbits depended on me for their very life. And you know what? Most of them lived. And most of them got to the place where they hopped off. And I was so proud. I was the daddy of rabbits. 
was so proud. He had never got old. You know why? Because they needed me. They needed me. Well, here's the point. There's a part of God that gets born in you that needs you. Jesus preached about the seed that fell on the ground. And when it wasn't protected, Satan came along as a, in the form of a bird and snatched it up. You know what? When Jesus is born in your heart, if you don't protect him, Satan takes him away. You know, if you don't nurture him, Jesus said in that analogy that the weeds grow up and they, they, they choke out what lives in you as faith. And so therefore, the wonder of Christmas is not the strength of God. It is the weakness of God and the fact that he depends on us when he's born in our heart to take care of him, to nurture him, to pay attention to him, to protect him. And when you do that, he grows strong. Always remember this. God didn't come here to make you strong. God came here to make you care. That's the wonder of Christmas. Would you pray with me? God, it is such a mystery that you could become weak so that we could care for you, so that we could lift you up, so that we could give you what you want in our lives. Help us to do that. Help those of us who are willing to have you born in our hearts. And then let us take care of you so you can grow strong in this world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pratt, ladies. Spirit gives us love, and our gift so we can give.
on, and the gift goes on. The Father gave the Son, and the gift goes on. The Son gave the Spirit, and the gift goes on. The Spirit gives us love, so we can give the gift of love. Now when your life is full of Christmas, then your life is full of love. You can give away the present that began with God above. Just like ripples in the water, circles of our love extend. What was started with the Father is a gift that has no end. And the gift goes on. The Father gave the Son. And the gift goes on. The Son gave the Spirit. And the gift goes on. The Spirit gives the Son. And the gift so we can give the gift of love. And the gift goes on. The Father gave the Son. And the gift goes on. The sun gave the spirit, and the gift goes on. The spirit gives us love, so we can give the gift of love. And the gift goes on. The Father gave the sun, and the gift goes on. The sun gave the spirit, and the gift goes on. The spirit gives us love, and the gift so goes on. Father gave the sun, and the gift goes on. The sun gave the spirit, and the gift goes on. The spirit gives us life, so we can go on and on and on. And the gift goes on, and the gift goes on, and the gift goes on. gift does go on and on and on. I, I uh, hope you don't mind if I pause just for a moment. There, are, there is something that I feel like uh, it's not fair for me to alone know this and to have enjoyed this, this gift. Tom, come here, buddy. Um, come here. Come here. I want you all to see Tom's Christmas socks. I, I just don't think it's fair that they not see. Come on up here. I mean, the...